Nate Hedgie. Hello. <laughs> um, welcome to You're Doing Just Fine, which... This is the name of your podcast. That's the name of my podcast. Thanks for listening to You're Doing Just Fine. This is Caitlin from the future, and I just wanted to take this moment before we jump into this awesome conversation I had with Nate to share that we recorded this in 2016, so it was a while ago now, and it was before a lot of things had changed for Nate personally and for myself and also politically in the U.S. So I wanted to share that to give some insight into the edit of this episode. I cut some stuff out that was no longer relevant. And there's some joking around that Nate and I do that feels different now in 2017 than it did in 2016. So to give you that heads up, I wanted to let you know. I also hope that I've gotten better at recording since then. And I've remembered to take my dog's collar off if he's going to be in the room. Um, So you can hear my dog in the background. And I wanted to let you know there is also a point where both Nate and I use some adult language around minute 12, minute 13 in a pretty happy way. So if you're not too sensitive to it, don't worry about it. And without any more caveats, let's jump into this really great conversation I had with my friend, Nate Hedgie. Nate Hedgie is a musician and a writer and... One of my favorite people in the whole world, so he's doing me a favor in being on this podcast. And Caitlin's one of my favorite people in the whole world. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and you can maybe hear my dog Finn in the background, mm-hmm. sucking on a Kong while Working we record. I uh, play music with two bands. Wartime Blues is a big band that is kind of like experimental Americana. And then I also do Ovando, which is lo-fi... American West obsessed folk music, um, which I do with a much smaller group. And then I'm also a journalist and a writer. What kind of journalism do you do? I do mainly environmental science and natural resource journalism. I've written for Guardian and um, SciShow and um, also done radio, uh, non-narrated radio documentaries for KCRWs and Fictional and Montana Public Radio interned at NPR um, a couple years ago and uh, yeah yeah try to do human stories stories about people I like having strong characters in my stories for anyone who's listening obviously Nate is very successful (laughs) like you've you've done a lot of stuff Um, very successful Wartime Blues has been featured on NPR before we were (laughs) featured we were played on yeah they used our music in weekend edition like five years ago it was very exciting. It was really exciting. <laughs> I think I was like half asleep in a van when we heard it. Was really, did I you, heard about it. when you interned at NPR West, did you tell I them? went onto their um, computer, um, I forget the name of it, but they have all of the music that they use, and I searched Wartime Blues and I found our nice. album. Nice. Like, Haha, that's where they got it. <laughs> cool. And Wartime. Avando, you tour all the time with Avando. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's slowing down a little bit right now as I work on a new record, but toured a lot over the summer with Avando. Cool. And Wartime doesn't tour as much anymore. Too many people in the band, but um, yeah, we did. We opened for the Decemberists yeah. a year ago. A year ago. A year and a half ago. You're very successful, and you work so hard and like have a lot of successes in everything you do, um, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because 
I feel like you are super fearless in terms of trying stuff and throwing your whole heart into it. Um, and so we can talk about any failures you want to talk about, but something I was thinking is after you and a big chunk of four time moved to Texas and worked there for a while and how that felt being in a new place. Um, trying to make the band work. Yeah. Um, and not working. Everyone having all these different jobs to do. And then we ended up, yeah, breaking up. I moved back to Missoula after nine months, feeling pretty just burnt out on music and dejected. And then I proceeded... What was the... Sorry, what, what made you want to move back to Missoula? Oh, yeah. It was... First off, Austin was very flat and hot, and it just wasn't my style of place. And I wanted to go back to where people... I knew people. And also, I was thinking I could maybe... I was going to move back to Missoula and train to be a wildland firefighter. Why did you season. want to do... Because I wanted to be out in the woods, out working physically. I love hiking. So I wanted to be doing something physical. And it was also really romantic being a wildland firefighter. And so I would train in Austin, do a bunch of running and push-ups and all that other stuff. I had like a little sheet from the Boise Interagency Fire group that had like training for being a firefighter so I would do that yeah and yeah and then I got here and somebody told me uh, what did they say they said um, I was talking about being joining a, um, a beginning firefighting crew um, I forget what the name of it was and I told them I was thinking about joining this crew and they're like oh yeah a bunch of idiots do that <laughs> They're like, they just don't, everyone, they're like the laughing stock of the, uh, the fire service because they don't know what they're doing. They're like little trainees. They're all like 18 years old. And so and then, you were like 27 I was point? 26. So yeah. I was just like damper, immediate damper. Yeah. And actually that summer too, I had been offered a job in Washington, at the Washington Conservation, with the Washington Conservation Corps to work in Olympic National Park. Which is um, beautiful. Which has been a beautiful and paid like nine dollars an hour which is minimum wage but you had 40 hours a week in the woods yeah even talking about that now sounds awesome <laughs> i really regret i don't regret you don't you try not to regret anything you do i try to live my life so that i don't regret making decisions and of course i ended up staying in Missoula instead of going to... What was the... Were there deciding factors? I wanted to do the wildland firefighting. I held out and I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do the wildland firefighting instead. And I ended up not doing the wildland firefighting. Yeah. So I missed out on... And then I worked weird... Did I work weird jobs that year? I know you had... The, it was a weird... I was thinking time. about that time. Um, I loved that when you were here like <laughs> um because I'm friends with a lot of all you guys who moved to Texas and so it was a different place and then when you came back um we got to hang out a lot but it was also like you were every time we hung out you were working on a new idea you were going to be a firefighter mm -hmm. you had ideas about going to Africa I was going to go to I was going to get a Fulbright study Ethiopian wolves I was going to be a firefighter I was going to be a journalist. Um, I was going to be... You were also going to go to Africa and study before the Ethiopian wolves. Mauritania. I was going to go and 
try and make a radio documentary or a documentary about Jack Horn music, which is still on the list of things to do in my life someday. Do you want, me to, not, do you want me to cut that out so people don't steal that idea? <laughs> don't steal that idea. It's a TM, stupid idea. <laughs> don't take it. It's dumb. If you're a journalist, you can't even go there without a uh, visa. So why would you go? You have to get a visa. <laughs> And you have to have someone sponsor you. And you probably have to get shots. You have to get shots, and also, it's very dangerous in yeah. Mauritania, and they still have slavery there. Do they really? They do. It's the only country, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it's the only country in the world that it's still, that slavery is legal. So since Nate said not to quote him on this, I did look it up, and Mauritania officially abolished slavery in 1981, and it was the last country in the world to do so. The capital city is also, like... Fascinating because it has rising seas from climate change on one side and desertification, which is the drying out of land and making more desert essentially on the other. And so it's squishing this city, which exploded in the past 40 years because people were moving. Everyone's moving to this city. It's like the last oasis of places to live in Mauritania. And it's just being kind of squished and squished. So it's a fascinating place. I would love to go there and just spend time and find that music that is something i will do that cool. was not a totally crazy idea well, other ones none of the other ideas were crazy either. no but they were like they didn't happen yeah i had a friend in high school who um was running for some thing like president or vice president of whatever you run for in high school and his posters were like i quit wrestling i quit drama <laughs> i quit like Honor society, vote for me, and I was like, "That's like tongue in cheek, hilarious." That's awesome. But also, like, yeah, I've definitely quit a lot of things or oh, had yeah. a lot of great ideas that I was like, "Okay, if I want to do any of these things, I have to shut the door on some of these other ideas mm-hmm. that I think are cool." Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere I feel like you were just like, maybe because you were like going from creative energy to physical energy is like nice for like the firefighting workout and to stuff like let that stuff out yeah. yeah just do something completely different yeah, yeah. but is, do you think that what was like i feel like you're firing on all these different cylinders which was awesome to mm-hmm. watch um and i got excited for all of your ideas like because they were all deep ideas like none of them were like but then they always crash too yeah. which is the other thing it's like because i've seen many people go through this after I went through it, and I'm still not totally out of it, um, but I'm starting to, like, understand how the ebbs and flows of my ocean kind of work, you know, how how I can navigate those seas, and, yeah, it's, it's frustrating when you get into that world of getting so excited about something, and then it just tumbling out of your hands, or not working, or you just stop... And so, whereas you said quitting, quitting stuff, just always quitting stuff. Yeah. Well, and like quitting sounds like it's a decision, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it, yeah. sometimes you're forced out because it's like, yeah. no, it didn't work. Yeah. I knew it didn't work. Then there's the other things. You, I've, as I've gotten older, I hope that I don't quit as much. What are you understanding about your ebbs and flows? Oh, um, knowing that like when I want to do music just allowing that to happen for a while, knowing that I'll also then want to do journalism and kind of like an ebb and flow between creative endeavors, probably like when you're doing a podcast, you know? It's like you need outlets. Mm -hmm. You need need to express... Someone said on an interview I listened to that like 
art is like a is a, is like a five fingered fist. You know, painting, writing, whatever. You know, and these are all fingers, but together they make a fist. Then punch people with art. <laughs> so like understanding that you don't have to just be a painter or a writer or a musician or you know a director or a podcaster. You can be all of these things and do all of them, and because you're doing it for the same reasons, you just want to understand ideas, create ideas and such. Yeah, that's been helpful in understanding my brain. Because were you feeling like you, like, because I, I, I do this, I was like, I want to be a writer, so I shouldn't learn how to do all these other exactly. things because I, I should, should just put just that energy. I should just do this. Single-minded goal, that's, I'm going to do everything I can that's fun that leads to that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then it just creates too much stress. I did that for, like, the first five years of my life, or five years of my adult life. It's like everything was working towards wartime blues, wartime blues, wartime blues. The band, the band, the band, the band. And I burned out. And so now yeah. I don't do that anymore. Just try, yeah. to, try to just roll with the punches and feel. Cool. And also understanding that most of the time you're not successful. Like 90% of the time, life is just like, uh, fuck you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it's like the 10% of the times that you're like, oh, hey, it actually worked out. And then not expecting anything else to happen from that working Right. Out. Yeah, it's not going to snowball. No. To some other, it like... It doesn't snowball. Yeah. It rarely snowballs. Yeah. Especially when you expect it to snowball. The Decemberist thing, nothing ever happened from that. Yeah. Which, at that point in my life, I was like, I don't think anything is going to happen after this. This is exciting. People were saying, oh my God, what are you guys thinking? Oh, you guys are huge now. It's like, nope. Not at all. Yeah. Got to open for the Decemberist for two shows it's great highlight of the band nothing else came yeah out. nothing yeah it's interesting like um amy martin who does threshold podcast oh yeah uh who's awesome uh she talks about making it mm-hmm. and it pisses her off when people are like i think you're really gonna make it yeah and she's like this is making it like when she's when she's like doing music she's like I was a working musician. Now I'm a working podcaster. Like, that is making it. It's yeah. not glamorous. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Yeah, I but am making it. You are. Yeah. Yeah, or every, yeah like, I mean, everybody. making, paying your bills. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Everybody's making it, you know? Mm-hmm. You work at a staff writer at a local Alt Weekly, you're making yeah. it, you know? You're, well, you're, you're doing it, you know? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Yeah, the idea of making it, because when people do, they're never satisfied. They're <laughs> never satisfied. Never satisfied. Always 100% thing. Because that fist, like, if you're making it, you're only making it in one of those you're things. You're only poking somebody. Yeah. you got to be punching them yeah. with the fist. <laughs> exactly. If you're only poking at them, it's not, not doing it as well. Right. Then you're suddenly not allowed to do all these other things exactly. that you love. Yeah. yeah. Because you have to be so single-minded and, like, I live, breathe, and I'm Spartan about this. Yeah. This or people are like, you can't. You can't do that. Like, Bob Dylan can't be a painter. Yeah. It make sense. Not that George Bush, you can't be a painter. George Bush is a wonderful George Bush painter. is a wonderful painter. I really like his paintings. I do too. I like the bathtub stuff. Um, I know the single shower one where yeah. it's just a single stream yeah. going down and he's staring at himself in the mirror. I love oh, that man, painting. Oh man, that's so... There's so much going on there. It's a heavy yeah. It's a heavy painting. Yeah. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Finn likes it too. Finn really likes it as well. Yeah. Loves George Bush. He's a Republican. He's a Republican. Yeah, he's only... He's, he's 11 months old, so... Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a Republican. He's going to get a button. Well, it's interesting that you decided you were kind of burned out on music. Yeah. And so then you went deep into to journalism. journalism, which is the problem. You go deep then, into something, yeah. 
you you say, this is what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Done. Yeah. Got it. Nothing else ever. I will never do anything else. Focus. Burnout. <laughs> Burnout on journalism. So then I helicoptered towards music again. Helicoptering, by the way, is the term I, in my head. About like, like you're a helicopter that's like rotors broken or something. And so you're just like spinning wildly into the ground. Yeah. Grabbing on anything you can. <laughs> that's what helicoptering is. This is when like your deep work started finally paying off in the long run in terms of knowing like when you're helicoptering between those two things mm -hmm. like when I now think about doing music it's not like oh man I just I, there's, I can still do something it's like I kind of left everything on the field for that like cool I went 100% and didn't work out and I'm so happy that I did work as hard as I did yeah doing that with the December stuff and the subsequent tours that we did afterwards and things falling apart and nothing really taking hold after that but you worked hard I ran it right into the ground <laughs> which is great plane has crashed <laughs> and so now well now I just don't tour as much well, and right now I'm working on a second second record but the Ovando stuff is not like I have to do Ovando Ovando or die you know yeah. it's now it's kind of like a split when I get tired of journalism I do some music work when I get tired of music work I do journalism nice ebb and flow right now well Thank you so much. Yeah. For on Thanks here. for having me as the second annual or the second. Uh, kind of annual. I recorded Carolina Super a long time ago. Oh, really? The yeah. second annual interview <laughs> guest. This yeah. is great. Um, where should I tell people to find you? You can find me. Uh, you can find the music at ovanamusic.com, wartimeblues.com, and then just writing yeah. my name. And then. Your full name is Nathaniel. Nathaniel. But is your byline Nate Hedgy? Nate Hedgy. Okay. Yeah. Nate awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Nate. Nate. Yeah. Anything? Thanks, Kayla. Okay. Bye. It was really good. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of You're Doing Just Fine. The music is by Caroline Keys. The artwork is by Lauren Tyler Norby. My guest today was Nate Hedgy, and I'm Caitlin Hoffmeister. You can find more You're Doing Just Fine at justfinepodcast.com or SoundCloud or iTunes. Thanks, and you are doing just fine. Just keep your faith despite the evidence. The only way to change is to persist. Oh, and he's farting. <laughs> Finn is the only dog I've ever met who has audible farts. He has human farts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fart, now he's not whining anymore. No, he's like, oh, I feel better. Farted. That's what I mean. Right now. He's like, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs>